Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. And if you can't tell, we're live. Okay? It's not like it's not mostly going to be live, but we're trying some new things, and we'll continue to do that. Thank you all for the feedback on our recording. I don't know that it's really quite a podcast. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what to call it, you know, where we do a recording from time to time. But anyway, we will do some more of those in the future, as well as, of course, most of them being live programs. But what we're wanting to do is is more condense, have, have more phone calls than we usually do during the times we're live, right? To, so people's questions can be sent in. And then also think about just sending them writing to us, right? Hey, send us an email and say, this is my question, and we'll try to throw that onto our recording as well. So we would love to hear from you on all of the above, and we'd love to hear from you right now at 580-KIDO. Okay, market is in turmoil, so it's interesting. Markets are always in turmoil. Why we think that the market is, one, monolithic, makes no sense. It's not a thing, a one-thing thing. It's a basket of the greatest corporations in the world. And some not-so-great corporations, right? And we've got this psychological pull to try to figure out which ones are the very, very best. You know, maybe, maybe you want to call that the, the gambling part of it. But, but I think... It's really not gambling when the odds are in your favor. And what I mean by that is if you are diversified, then the odds are in your favor of you getting somewhere around 10% a year for the rest of your life doing nothing. Or you can wonder about, uh, should I buy gold? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it should probably because, you know, that's what they're selling on Fox News. Like every moment of every day. Right? Or I think, I think what we should call some programs, we should call them the scare the snot out of everybody program, right? Because we not only sell gold, we sell equity index annuities to people that are super scared. Super scared about what? That's an important point. I'm going to circle back in the next hour and talk a lot, I know, about gold. Not a lot, but... Give you a couple more data points to think about. I know because it's like it doesn't seem to be enough to just beat it up. It just comes up all the time, right? It's like, yeah, it's a real, the only real store of wealth. Really? Wow. Okay. That's an interesting perspective. But we're going to talk about that because it just isn't true. Does it keep up with inflation? Well, it hasn't been at all. Inflation has been low. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't do anything. Now, it looks pretty. I grant you that. It looks pretty. It's a pretty brick. It's a pretty piece of jewelry. It's pretty. It looks really great dangling on my wife's ears, for example, right? And she may say, well, those are silver or those are something else. I don't know. I don't know. But it's just it's part of jewelry. It is. That's all it is. But people have some kind of mystic value about gold. It's the go-to thing when we're all really scared. And we are. It's easy to make people scared because they don't understand finance. 
And we try. I try. I've tried for like 43 years. I've been in the industry on the radio for over 35. Ouch. That sounds like an old person. It is. We try. But there's certain things and people don't want to take the time and not all people take the time to try to understand it's complex. I mean, just today, I was just reading about this article. In fact, it's up in front of me, okay? The hedge fund meltdown that rescued your stock portfolio. Now, that sounds like common reading that everybody ought to dive into, right? Because 25 years ago, long-term capital, which is a hedge fund, very famous, very large at the time, gigantic, biggest in the world, had figured out how to very low risk, seemingly no risk, borrow billions and billions of dollars from banks, and make billions and billions of dollars off of those billions doing this thing with the market. And they had hedges on the market so nothing could really go wrong until it did. It was so big at the time. So big. That it didn't just send a little shockwave through the market. The market was in free fall. That's how much leverage there was. And the Fed came screaming in, and we had this new thing called the Fed put invented. Okay? Now, how many of you understood understand what a put is? A smaller amount. And this is the kind of verbiage we have all over the place. A hedge fund. What the heck's a hedge fund? Well, there's some kind of investment thing. It's a big thing. Yeah, and they take a whole bunch of things. I don't know if they're good, they're bad. They borrow them. I don't know. I don't even know really what it is. And we toss these things around, acting like understanding finance for the average person is a simple, easy thing. And so what do most people do with an article like this? They don't read it. They don't read the Wall Street Journal because it's full of articles like that. To me, it's very interesting. It's the only publication I read, and yet it's persistently negative, scary, stupid. Most articles are completely worthless to read. Not this one. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying it's very hard to understand enough to even know what inputs you should have. And so you, you have to understand it's, it's one of those things that people, not everybody, runs to great sources of information because they just don't understand what people are talking about. They just don't. And so why make it so hard on me? I'm not even enjoying this discussion about finances or whatever, and I'm not understanding it. So I get that. So we, it's not dumbing it down. It's not talking down to people to simply say we need to talk at a la and use language that is more understandable. So when we talk about a hedge fund, we should be talking about an investment group, not, not hedge fund, we don't need new words, just an investment group that borrowed money from banks. I think everybody understands that statement. And quit throwing out terms like puts. They're not important. People understand a hedge. They don't really know how they work, but they understand that, that the hedge means that maybe they have a little bit of a little less risk that they can they have something that will stop their risk at some point like an insurance policy a hedge works like an insurance policy 
And that's the kind of verbiage we need to use. And we need to put it in simpler terms. We also need to entertain in some way. Not to scare people and talk about how things are so bad out there. Because they're not. I agree with you. The world's upside down. It's crazy. It's weird. We're, we're talking about transgendering sixth graders, for crying out loud, that haven't even hit puberty, for gosh sakes. It doesn't make any sense on any planet, anywhere, that this is the big part of social discussion today. And so we take that, and then we throw it against the market. We throw it against woke corporations. So that I can't operate. I don't want to be there. And, and, and then the market does its normal certain to occur over and over again all the days of our lives corrections after a great year instead of having that be the question oh my gosh it's market's still up like 12 percent year to date oh my gosh it's down is what we say right now like you were going to get out at the top this is something that's gone up 10 percent a year all the days of your life on average and it never does 10 percent it's really a simple thing just own them leave it alone and quit looking but people won't do that. And then every time it goes down, believe it or not, now people are saying that more people want to own gold. Why? It's like this thing literally never works. This thing over here always works. Like always. Like over that 20-year period of time, that 17-year period of time, that person's 33 years old since they were born. Boom. The 60-year-old. The 150-year-old. This thing always works. No, I don't know about this time. <laughs> I don't know. This thing that never works, I think this is the time that this one works, and the thing that always works, that won't work anymore. It makes no sense. None. So I think we're educating wrong. We're talking about this wrong somehow. I think we're at this high level, like if I can use a lot of really high fluting terms, right? I can talk about putting on condor spreads on options, a bearish put or a bullish call on options. Then I can be like, wow, he knows the option market. It's super cool. I don't understand what he just said, but it sounds like, He's really smart. We got to quit doing that. And so, it, but when people talk about like owning the great corporations and not worrying about it, well, <laughs> that's not very sophisticated now, is it? But boy, does it sound sophisticated to talk about digital currencies and the coming meltdown of the U.S. dollar. And how Russia and Iran, what other criminal elements can we get in there? Oh, yeah, China. Um, let's see, what is uh, Oh, yeah, the Jersey Mafia is going to be in there along with, let me see. Oh, yeah, the drug lords in Colombia are, are gathering together with all of them so we can come up with a global currency. Yeah. Thinking that's going to be next week. Doesn't make any sense. But people get scared. All right, I got to take a quick, break. quick, 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 quick break. Our number five eight zero K IDO. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, we're just about out of time this hour, but next hour I can't wait to talk. I, I would just tell you, I got I got a lot of stuff in my monologue, but I also want I really, really want to take some calls 
get some emails from you. You know, because we do want to talk about what you all want to talk about. I'm not here just to beat up on the gold bugs. I'm really not. But we have to sometimes acknowledge that it's really weird, this fascination with a brick, a, a, a rock, a nugget, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's weird. And it's persistent. It's gone on my entire career, and it's strange to me that people really keep cycling back to, I really think that's going to be a good investment. You know, at, at almost precisely the wrong time every single time. But there's never really been a time because it's weird that we fixate and call an investment that is clearly not an investment. It's a rock. I'm investing in this rock. Well, it, okay, you're putting money in it, but it can't be considered an investment in any real sense considering it doesn't produce anything. If you invest in real estate, you're getting rent on that property, right? Or, or you're developing that property. You're cutting trees off that property. You're producing income at some point. What do you produce like ever with gold? Nothing. There's no interest. There's nothing. So I'm not here just to beat up on it. I'm just trying to understand the psychology of why is it we do this? It quite simply doesn't make any sense. But, we, but, it, but it is there all the time, and it's being advertised all the time. I've mean, got a couple of interesting stories. But I do want to hear from you at 580-KIDO, Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. We'll be back. Hello and good morning. Beautiful morning it is. I cannot believe how nice it is out there. It is so great to have fall in Boise, Idaho. It always is. Isn't it the most amazing weather, the most amazing days? It's beautiful. Just beautiful. All right. Enough of that nonsense. You didn't hear come in here for a weather report. Let's talk finance. Let's talk to you. It's 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. Happy to take either. You know, um, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about gold because it just keeps coming up. It does. We're in this fearful time in our, our world, and I, it's, it seems like I talk about this a lot. But one of the things that I have been listening to on and off lately, it's called The Rational Optimist. I think it was written 10 years ago, but it certainly is even more appropriate today to really look at the world we live in and, how, and its abundance, its availability of free time, its availability of to sit down and read a book and expand your mind. And that the collective, all of us, the billions of people on this planet have time to do that. Not all, all people everywhere. Some people literally still walk a mile to go get water and hope to not get, neat, get eaten by crocodiles. It's actually true in some places. They don't have time to read. But almost everybody else does, right? Like almost everyone else does. 
And that collective for years has been becoming smarter. And each person doing their one thing, like my job is finance. That's it. I don't grow food. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a security guy. I'm not a tech. It is still amazing how all this comes together where people specialize in different things. And we think of ourselves as individuals, like I'm a rugged individualist, like, okay, you could shoot meat, but you can't fix your body like a doctor can. I mean, there's lots of different ways we look at it. But the more individualistic people are, the worst off they are. People that have to go and not, you know, they're not going to rely on that silly water company to get their water out of a faucet. They're going to walk down to the river and go get it. That's actually a luxury. I, I don't know about you, but I sure take it for granted. Right? Everything we take for granted. And we find ourselves in this place that we don't seem to fully understand how this is the best time human beings have ever been on this planet. And you, we pine for some time before when women had less rights, so did minorities. We, had, we lived shorter lives. We had less free time to do whatever, waste on whatever it is you want to waste it on. Yeah, nobody reads a book anymore. Really? That's just not true. It's just not true. I may not read a lot of books, but I digest a lot of information in my ears. That's my choice. Because I hear better than I read. And I find that I'm growing my brain. So are billions of other people. But oh, so it's just simpler time back when, when what? Women couldn't vote? When we barely produced enough food? When we worked 70 hours in a factory? When children worked? to try to put food on the table? When was that? When you had to walk everywhere because you didn't have a car? Most families couldn't afford one? That, that time, right? That's the time you're talking about. No, I was really talking about, uh, you know, like the uh, 60s. Oh, okay. All right. Good, good. Good old 60s. Was it 70s or what? Look, all I'm trying to say is that we plow through all of the amazing things around us in order, in many ways, unfortunately, to fall for the constant every generation or every year, whatever you want to say, I've seen it for 40 years. Buy gold. Buy this annuity. The world is ending. Part 1,000. Always. And the only realism is optimism. It continues to get better. We invent and create things all on our own. Because I only do finance. 
I don't invent rockets. There was an amazing thing called iPencil. It was done, I think, in the 1950s. And I remember somebody had sent that to me, but I heard that somebody reference it just the other day. iPencil. Great, great essay on a pencil. A simple little writing instrument that nobody makes. They don't make it themselves. In fact, very few people would actually know, begin to know, and, and I don't think anybody could make a pencil on their own. If they could, it would cost, I don't know, probably thousands of dollars in order to mold the little eraser thing at the end, find somebody to make an eraser for, oh, no, you, know, you have to make it on your own. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So how hard would that be, a pencil? I need the graphite, so I need to go mine the graphite, process it. How do they put it inside the wood? I don't know, but you can figure that out. So I need to go cut trees. I need to go. This is a pencil. How about an automobile? Well, I know quite a bit about engines. Yeah, I'll bet you do. Can you put together a car? No? No? You could buy the parts, perhaps. And put most of it together if you're really super an expert. But you got to have the parts put together, built by somebody else that has expertise in it. Pretty amazing when you think about how connected we are in this world. How reliant we are on each other. And how amazingly great that is. Because me having to make a pencil means I can't do like anything else in my life. So I'd have no time to actually write with that pencil. So I just go down and I trade some financial advice for everything else I need in life. So I can focus on that and I maybe even read a book or listen to something good. Maybe contemplate my God. Spend time with my grandkids, not walking for water. I'll rely on the, I'll pay for the water to come to my house. It's an amazing thing as we continue to expand this interrelated world, and yet we cuss at it, like we rely so much on technology. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. So if you're listening to this program up in council and you get in an accident and you go to the hospital there's a doctor there that doesn't know much about whatever. Let's call it, let's say you had a heart attack. And they're talking to experts, sending the stuff via technology to Boise. So you live. It's an amazing thing, and yet we talk about this as if it's some kind of a bad thing. And it leads us to feel bad about our world we live in, and it's not, not, not going to get any better. It's just terrible. People spying on us, or whatever it is you think. Are we going to go to a digital currency? And, and then so we need to go back to this. So let me just leave you with a couple more things, okay? And we'll die. I'm not here to beat up just on gold bugs. It's too easy. It's just too easy. I know what they are. You know what they are. The world's always ending. It's not just the negativity, it's never right. These are high commission things. All scare products are. They enrich the people that sell them, not the people that buy them. 
And when we think about this person after person after person after person, decade after decade, human beings are very susceptible to being scared. It's how we're wired. Even when the evidence is that everything gets better all of the time, in every way, we have more time to waste or to use. It's your choice. I don't know what's bad about that on everything. And yet what we do is we have constant fear. I know the world's upside down. But if what you do is drive around your truck all day, listening to why everything's going to end, and commercial after commercial, buy gold, be safe. Oh, that really, that horrible stock market thing over there. Don't do that. Don't want to get rich or anything. The casino, or whatever we want to call it. All the words that make it sound scary and frightening, and you wouldn't even want to think about it. And then we don't do ourselves any good either. Wall Street Journal trying to have... Headlines. The, the only publication that I think is worth reading, and I'm telling you, most of the stuff they have isn't worth reading. And it's stupid headlines designed to shock. Just silly stuff. And not too long ago, they did an article called, uh, When Markets Get Scary, Mom and Pop Buy Gold. Oh, okay. Okay. That was back in August. Real groovy, right? You know, so the best long-term investment, the people who believe that gold is the best long-term investment jumped to 26% this year from 15. Apparently, people don't know math. People don't know history. A fourth of the people think that gold is the best long-term investment? Holy cow. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that stunning? Is that really true? Isn't that crazy? So we think it's okay. So I'm just going to give you a quick story. We think it's okay to drive around our truck all day and listen to this stuff. And then you have even parents, a very, very, very dear person to me, passed away last year. And... For her stage in life, her lot in life, however much money she made in life, she did incredibly well. You know why? Because she invested. And she sat on it. And she shared that with her sons. Just leave it alone. And driving around in the truck all day, the inputs are not quite that, are they? So what do you think the sons are doing with the inheritance? No. Oh. Token amounts are put in the frightening bag of stocks. And the rest is sitting there to be allocated where? I don't know. Don't know. Gold, which produces nothing, I suppose. You see, we think sometimes that it's as easy as telling somebody this is what you need to do. Trust me. 
I've been successful, I've studied this, however you want to say it. And that those inputs are beyond my, I don't, I, I can listen and it's not going to affect me. Yes, it will. It always does. In some way. Very difficult to overcome the negativity. All right, let me get some, let me get, get this real quick and then I'm done. In, this was like 25 years, I'm sorry, 40 years ago, 1971, 50 years ago now, well, gold was on the gold standard, right? We had the, the dollar was pegged to the gold standard. And so they set the price of gold at $35 an ounce. And the reason I want to bring this up is because this is what will happen. You will be cherry picking a period of time where gold, after being fixed for 25 years at a set price, was unfixed. And so it went from $35 an ounce to $800 an ounce. In other words, it caught up. Okay? So the question is, after the catch-up, what has it done? I mean, it's the great inflation hedge. It's the only real value is a rock. So if we look at that from then, 44 years ago to now, Gold is at about 1960, 1970, right in there. Two and a half times if we give it to 2,000. It's gone up two and a half times. And it's produced how many dividends? What interest? I'm sorry to say that the price, consumer price index has gone up four times as much. Four times since that exact same period of time. So the great inflation hedge has not been so great, at least for the last 44 years. It's not kept up at all. Not remotely. All right, you know I got to do this because I got to do this. Because the scary thing, stocks, super scary, don't know if you should buy any. No, don't touch the great corporations of the world, uh -uh, because I I don't know what's going to happen. But for the last 44 years, the S&P was at 115. It's at 4,400 now. I forgot to mention. Well, that's 39 times, not counting dividends, which gold pays none. Thank you. However, that's just not how true of stocks. They do pay dividends. So if we reinvested dividends, the $800 that you would have put in the S&P 500 that is now worth roughly $2,000 in gold is worth $95,000. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which one we ought to do. I don't know why people do this over and over again. It makes no sense. None. And we drive around. We watch TV. We watch the end of the world show after show after show, thinking we're getting more information. And in between, they have one gold-pimping ad after another. I think they still have the equity index ones, too. 
Everything's scary. Everything's wrong. Buy these high commission things like gold. Buy these super unbelievable high commission things that you can't get out of called annuities. And no, not all annuities are bad. But buying anything in fear isn't going to give you clarity of what you ought to be doing. And yes, most annuities are bad. Almost all. It's, in, it's stunning. But fear sells. Optimism doesn't. It doesn't even take much faith that there is a future. But it does take some. And it takes us not grinding on the fact that everything is impossibly wrong and impossibly broken. Because it's not. It's not. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Jim, hang on. we got to take a quick break. It's also Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome. Thank you again for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. Let's go to the phones. Hey, Jim, thanks for being patient there. I had to finish my roll. You were on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Anyway, um, I just wanted to tell you of something. Anyway, uh, when I was down in uh, Colombia, South America, about 50 years ago, working for the Bank of America, I met this girl down there named Mercedes Carasquilla. And we were in her pen pals for a while, and then uh, in 75, I think, we got back in contact, you know, after about 50 years. And and uh, she... Uh, uh, anyway, she well, she she had a couple of kids. She's now got three granddaughters. Anyway, in the emailing with her, she's considerably. I think she's socialist. You know, I mean, probably pretty much everybody in the world is. Mm-hmm. She believes her government completely will do whatever they tell her to do. She, uh, you know, has has taken the four vaccines and all this. She totally believes in science. She does not believe in God. She does not believe in religion. She uh, believes when you kick the bucket, that's it. No afterlife. She's hedonistic. The point of this is that I think she's the most upbeat person I've ever met. I mean, she really enjoys life, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like enjoy it while you got it, because when you die, that's it. But I mean, so anyway, I mean, she is more upbeat than most Christians I've heard around here. Well, I think that that's uh, uh, there's some fair criticism in that. I, I think that some Christians are, but I, I know an awful lot of them that have a, an amazing amount of joy in their life. They just don't worry about things at all. They well, don't. A lot of them They're like her. Radio, yeah. A lot of them they call radio, <laughs> certain radio stations. <laughs> well, yeah, I, and I don't know. disagree with that at all. I, I know there's a curmudgeons out there that uh, believe in God, and I think there are curmudgeons out there that don't. And uh, I... I I, I I always think of this as, uh, um, you know, again, this is off the track of finance, but I, I I think that we oftentimes expect that Christians are going to be these kind, nice people and have no problems, and they do have problems, and some aren't so nice. But well, I can't true. imagine where they would be without some spiritual connection in their life. They would yeah, be much me, worse. 
Well, to me, I mean, there is, there is the mental, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. You know, if you don't have spirit, you know, you're kind of dead. It seems like, I mean, you've got to believe in something better than yourself, over than yourself. <laughs> yeah, you do. But, but you know, I've told her how much I invest in everything, and she's saying, uh, well, you can't take it with you. Enjoy it while you're here. And that's why my financial advisor tells me, you know, enjoy life, which yep. to them means spending money. But it's kind of interesting. So, well, no, that's a fair point. I think that's a again, people are very different, and I uh, we uh, at the office, not me. This is lots of advisors at the office, and uh, you know, you've heard two of them here, right? Jennifer and Tom right. do the program. Erica before, it was just uh, so. So all of us have, think of it in many times is people spending money but i understand completely it's there's also it spending money in a, in and of itself isn't a joy for a lot of people it's just what is it, what is joy for a lot of people it's giving away it's spending time with the grandkids it's doing something with the grandkids it may that's what they want to spend their money on it's not flying first class somewhere for other people that's what it is so everybody's different in regards to how they spend money but we should never impose on each other how or what to spend money on is what you should find your joy in life about. Lots of lots, lots and lots of our clients don't find any more joy in spending one dime more than they already are. It's just not it's just to them a complete waste and doesn't even if they're not going to do anything with it, can't take it with you, right? So well, you know, you know, when it comes down to you know individuals, they need to be upbeat and happy and everything. But I mean, they do these. Uh polls or whatever these uh you know studies people in finland apparently are the happiest people so these people that you know don't have individual freedom they're they live under socialism but they're happy as you know and if you're happy and what the hell isn't that the the you know the object well i would think so i do um i don't i don't know i i, th I when, whenever people talk about surveys and things i always go uh-huh well, what what period of time are you going to parse through to make your point this time? You know, what what period in the stock market is the very best ever? Why don't I just name that for that ten year period and tell you that's what I expect to happen over the next ten years? When it, it's not true, it's same thing with gold. Went from three thirty five dollars an ounce to eight hundred in a short period of time. When it was unleashed for after being sat there for twenty five years, but you you know what people are going to quote? That's the period of time they're going to quote. And it's the same thing with this happiness nonsense. I mean, okay, I, I know a lot of really unhappy people because they've got meta, you know, mental problems. I know a lot of people that are just very, very, very happy. I know a lot of people that are content, true happiness. They're content exactly where they are in life, exactly who they are. And, uh, boy, I, that's, a, that's nirvana. I don't know yeah, how you measure be, that, Jim, and I don't. I don't think polls do, but I. I know what you're talking about. There's. It's. I, you hear that all the time. Yeah, the people in the, in Sweden or Finland or whatever are the happiest people in the world. Well, okay, all right. I well, don't know how you measure it though. They probably weren't when the Nazis were there, but yeah, know. right. <laughs> that's true. It's true. Anyway, right. so. Anyway, that's all I was going to say. Just, all right. Anyway, I'm still investing in. Uh, I'm going down with the ship if the ship goes down. So. There you go. I know. I don't know. I, I am too, because I don't know what else I'm going to do. I don't know how to manage around the end of the world. Just don't. Well, I learned a long time ago how 
you know, I, and I don't believe in uh, whatever, hedges and all this crap, you know. I believe in balance sheets, income. If a company does well, they, they have capital, the stock goes up. Nobody manipulates the market. I live in fantasy land, but that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, happy fantasies, Jim. Thank you. You too. too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. All right. I've got a couple things to wrap up here on this uh, whole optimism thing, but I'd rather talk with you. Okay. It's 580-KIDO. We'll be right back. Hello. Welcome. And thanks for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. That's our number. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I did. I just spent the whole break thinking about, you know, different people in my head with different clients, different friends, people that I know. And, and, and people live such different ways and think about money in so many different ways. It's fascinating to me. There isn't a one way, one size fits all at all. It's fascinating because money is such a huge part. And like, oh, that's not a big part of me. I don't think about it a lot, blah, blah, blah. All that's, yeah, 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 actually we do. It's how we trade for everything, right? Everything. Yeah. It's tough to have come up with one simple thing. One thing. Yeah, there isn't. Like, this is right. You know, I've talked about this before. People that are, that, me, uh, I, I, I tend to cling too hard to money. Okay? So I, I don't waste money. I think about it. I, you know, whatever you want to call me, cheap, whatever. And people who can't keep a dime, they just can't run out. They can't, pay, can't ever put anything away. Just irresponsible as heck. And then, you know, oh, society has to take care of them, all that stuff. And they can't live on Social Security. It's not quite enough. It was never designed to be enough. And there's a balance between two. Neither is right, right? And so if, if you're like me, then you have to go, okay, I, need to, I really need to give some money away. I mean, I just have to, to force myself to not cling as tightly. And if you're on the left-hand side and you're just too... In other words, we all have stuff to work on, and 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 we have to, and also we have to have partners that help us, right? <laughs> right. So so we find our partners in life, our friends, our our spouses, and 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 people that help us to find a better center, whichever our tendency is. It's interesting, and and I, and I can't imagine. You just can't believe all these people I flashed on in my head, because guess what? I do. I mean, I I talk money with people a lot. And, I, and, you, and you hear through that sometimes what people are telling you, I know it's not true, right? I know, I know that's not really the heart of what they're talking about because, you know, I've done this for over 40 years. I, I kind of know stuff sometimes about people that they don't even know about themselves. And, and, and we kid ourselves. And also we have certainty in things that, it, that we don't deserve to have certainty in. Other people's lives, how they certainly should be doing this or that. Interesting. Anyway, don't know why I ramble on about that. Let's go ahead and go to the phones and let's talk to Lewis. Lewis, are you there? Yes. Um, Dave, I, I'm very interested in understanding bonds. I just absolutely do not understand them. And I've been 
yeah. invested in them for retirement, and I, I'll just hang up. But I, I want to understand how they fit into retirement planning. You got it. Okay, Lewis, I'll, 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 I'm going to take a quick dissertation right down Bond Lane. Thanks for the call. Great, great question. I love that. Right? It's like I just don't understand this bond thing. What is it? Okay. Well, bonds are a loan, loan to the government. Let's call it a 10-year treasury, which is what it sounds like. It's 10 years long. Right now, interest rates are a bit over 4%, 4.4. Means I get 4.4% for the next 10 years. That's it. And then I get my money back, of course, minus inflation, right? But I get my $10,000, say, back. So what does that bond do? It pays coupons, interest. Most of them pay every six months. That interest payment would be $440 a year on $10,000, 4.4%. So twice a year, $220 comes in, and you can do whatever you want with it. You cannot reinvest it back in that same bond, but you could certainly through a fund or something else, you can set it up so you could reinvest it. Okay, And why would you use it in retirement? For that income purpose. Now, bonds, as far as the capital structure, so we're talking about U.S. government, so theoretically risk-free, blah, 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 okay? You also have corporate bonds, so the, you still need the corporation to be alive 10 years from now. Now, alive doesn't mean, it, you know, if, if somebody took, took over the company and so they exist under another one, that you can't take over a company and get out from paying your bonds, so you would have been paid off. They literally have to go out of business. And if they go out of business, then there is a possibility, a probability, you would lose some or all of your money, which is why you probably don't want to steer into junk bond land, which includes wonderful companies like, uh, say, a Mexican radio station. I've seen those before in portfolios. Well, I've seen the remnants of them in portfolios because they're gone. They became literally worthless. And, and so you have government bonds, you've got corporate bonds, you've got low-quality bonds. But as far as bonds go relative to stocks, stock dividends tend to, not always, tend to pay more income, or less income, excuse me, in the beginning. But they grow their dividends over time as corporate profits tend to grow. So over time, they provide more of an inflation hedge than bonds do. Thus, the dividends we talk about grow over time and have, and I often call it the greatest income story never told, is what the broad market has done. But you're asking about bonds, and so let's talk about the credit structure because it's a very important part. Why do people put bonds in the portfolio? Because if there is a problem with the company not the government, but the company, Then, and it goes bankrupt. The capital structure works that you obviously have to pay off your employees and things like that. So you have direct corporate expenses get paid first, and then you get bonds paid. And if there's any money left over, then there could be for stockholders. There's usually not any left over. So it's safer in the form of a disastrous bankruptcy. The reason to own it in retirement is in combination with other investments that can grow and grow with inflation 
but it produces a higher current income that you can live off of, and it also is safer in the capital structure. Okay, that's about as basic as I can be about bonds, but there is lots and lots and lots out there and could maybe speak of it in a different way that might speak to you if that wasn't clear, okay? But it is an obligation by governments, by corporations to pay. It's basically a loan. Here, here's my $10,000. You promise to pay it back in one year, three year, five year, 10 year, 30 year is out there. It's a set contract, if you will. Set period of time with a set interest rate. Thank you so much for the call. And I'm going to take a quick break. Terry, you're up to bat next. It's 580-5436-580-KIDO. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome. Thanks again for joining us. Any comments, questions, shoot those over to PetsoFinancial.com. We also have podcasts, uh, articles. Don't forget we've got YouTube, uh, YouTube stuff out there too. Quite a bit of it actually now. And... Um, and actually getting a, a fair amount of views. So we're very, very pleased to be able to use those for education. Some people are visual, and those charts really, really help, for sure, rather than just audio, right? All right, let's go to Terry. Terry, how are you? Good morning, Professor. Just getting by. Just getting by. Okay, well, I, I, th- I would have thought more optimistic than just getting by from you. Well, I, uh, well... We we won't go into the the, the sidelines of everything that uh, insurance companies and long term things outcomes mm. of uh, the rent my girlfriend is in and such. We'll just say right now we're getting by and that's better than assuming room temperature. Yeah, sure. there you go. All right. Well, good, good. But uh, the the word I, I missed some of this. I was out uh, putting some water down and uh, talking to my neighbor, walking her dogs and. Uh, Met a new neighbor, so that's a, a, a good thing, get to know people in the area. Mm-hmm. But I missed a little bit of, of what you were saying to Jim, and uh, I think the word you were looking for was frugal, not cheap, when I came back <laughs> into the conversation. Well, I was being a little harsh on myself. I understand that, yes. Well, yes. You, you, you give away what you can give away without having to put yourself in the poorhouse. You know, there's a, it, it is. And I just was sharing that my, my tendency, everybody is leaning left or right on their boats of whatever it is, whatever journey you're on, whatever thing it is. We're all one or the other. Nobody's perfectly balanced in things. And, you know, for me, I just you find tools to help you. And Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's like you were talking earlier about different criminals coming up with different currencies and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I flashed straight to the the great criminals we have in in Washington. No, I know. I know. But uh, yeah. pot calling the kettle black kind of thing. It is. It's really something. I, and the level of corruption is just gotten to be so bad, and it's sad. But we, we were there once before. We certainly were in the early days of the FBI and the Justice Department then. And, and we turned <laughs> yeah. it around. So I, I, I'm going to believe we're going to turn this around, too. I still want to know who has J. Edgar's files. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Killing the mob, it, by the it, way, just for those folks interested, is I, I, found, I found that a fascinating, uh, fascinating dissertation on the early, we, early crime and FBI and Justice Department to, to, to the point of view. You just reminded me of that when, with your comment about the files, yeah. Yeah, that's why we have a, a, a library of, of I don't know how many books that I'm going to reread someday. Right, 
if I live that long. There you but, go. Uh, uh, the, the, the thing is, it comes back to, it's incumbent upon us to find our pleasure. Mm-hmm. Giving away X number of dollars to my grandson to make sure they're set up well is my pleasure. I can sit back and just smile like Buddha. Yeah, 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 good point. Yeah, it's the same thing. I talk to people all the time. It's part of their pleasure is same as mine. I just I want to make sure my grandkids are educated. My kids have great retirement plans set up. That to me is like more important than any trip I could take. So I'm with you. I agree with that. And beyond and well, that, the rest the- is just such gravy. I just puts a smile on my face and I love adventures with my beautiful wife, and 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 we're we're going to enjoy it as long as, God willing, we've got the health to do it. So, but and and there's the pressure. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so go right. make me some more money so I can go back down to Santa Rosa, New Mexico, and go to the Silver Moon Cafe and have some wonderful Mexican food. Will you? I love it. I love it, Terry. All right, you be well. Excellent, sir. Same to you. Have a great day. day. Bye now. All right, we're now, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need, you want to get a hold of us, please do at petsofinancial.com or Dave at petsofinancial.net. It's a little bit late to try to take a call at the very last minute here. I want to leave you with this again. I say this all the time. The only realism is optimism. It's really true. And if you're not optimistic, you need to work on it. Your perspective is wrong. It is broken, and I'm sorry. I know we've just been talking about everybody has their own freedom of choice, and they do. You can choose to be buried in negativity. You can. I know people that do, and and it's almost like they relish it. Everything has a comma but. The world is living more abundantly than ever before. Yeah, but... I have more than I've ever had before. Yeah, but you have more time to do whatever you want, to grow your mind, to pursue your interests, to watch a movie. Yeah, but. And of course, that's a contentment problem. And people can't fix their contentment problem or, or like read a book and just become contented. It's, in, it's internal. It's understanding that you're anxious about something and getting it settled in your own mind that I have enough or I, I am doing what I want to do. And we all have unsettled times. But running towards the negative and pulling data out to prove that it's not really that I'm not content or I'm broken. It's, uh, I've got data that says, yeah, but. It, it is, it, it's this desire to be right. And I have the same desire. I have an overly active desire to be right. And so we pull data to be right. We can't be right about the future. Nobody gets it right. You might get lucky and guess some little thing correctly, but you're not going to get it right. You really aren't. 
and spending more time in, in negative thought all the time and why things are broken and why the politics are terrible and everything else won't work leads you to things that don't work. And it isn't any fun to be a curmudgeon. So just stop it. Just stop doing that. Optimism is the only realism. And I hope you have a great weekend.